Welcome to this Two Strangers, One NFT podcast. I'm your co-host, Quesarito. And I'm Omega. How you doing, Omega? Good morning, good night, good evening. <laughs> yeah, good, e- good evening. I'm good, I'm good. Thank you. The, 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 the hot days of this British summer is taking its toll on me. I could do yeah. this with that US aircon in my room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't have AC over at the UK right now? I thought that's yeah, absolutely a Absolutely not. No, not at all. That's awful. So this is a sweaty, sweaty podcast. Sweaty podcast. Sweaty, sweaty evening podcast. cast while I'm enjoying my <laughs> noon AC-filled room. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, uh, so today uh, I think we're going to be diving into SEC versus Binance. Yeah. What a beast. There's a lot to unpick. Oh, yeah. I've been doing a lot of more uh, digging a little deeper into this, diving down this rabbit hole, and it goes deep, man. <laughs> like, I'm, my head is still spinning. You know, t- I feel like that that meme in Always Sunny in Philadelphia with all the strings and pictures and the <laughs> guy going crazy. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling right now. How about you? It's a, it's a lot to take in, but I'm a, I'm a very much factual kind of person, so... Uh, I'll, I'll take the facts. In fact, we need a soundboard clip for fake news when mm-hmm. we hear it. It's fake news, man. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's interesting and I think long overdue. You know, oh, I'm yeah. awful. I'm I'm a big fan of regulation, which is a weird thing given we very European entities. <laughs> but yeah, show me the law and order. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this one uh, goes deep, and I could see this going both ways of pro law and order and pro memes and fighting the power and uh i think there's a little a lot for everyone here a lot of conspiracy theorists like heyday deep state and all that fun stuff <laughs> so, yeah uh, you ready to get into it yeah man absolutely oh, all right let's do this. so uh, I'll, I'll give a basic intro of how i'm seeing it how i'm understanding now and you can just jump in at any time to correct me anything i'm wrong and then we can hand it over to kind of how you're seeing this picture that worked for you yeah, man, let's do it. All right. So the story begins sometime last week when the SEC puts down a, uh, a case against uh, Binance. Um, I talked about this earlier with uh, Happy and the Happy Queso podcast. Um, but essentially, it looks like SEC is trying to get Binance within compliance, if not trying to take down Binance altogether. And going a step back and a little bigger picture is uh, Binance arguably was also the one of the largest crypto exchanges that took down FTX, which was the largest Solana-based crypto exchange um, at the time. And if you dig deeper into this rabbit hole, FTX and Sam Bankman-Friedman were was getting very friendly with Gary Gensler and the Biden administration, you know, going to Congress and whatnot. So you have one angle of this being the SEC retaliating against Binance, for taking down FTX. Or you can also see it as SEC just getting Binance within compliance of already established rules and regulation. How's that sound mean, so far? You mean rich people want a part of the pie that they can't have? <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah and, uh, I, I mean, on a serious, serious note, I mean, 
I, I'm looking at it from a you got to get in compliance. I mean, if you look through some of these headlines, which we can we can go through in a moment, then that's how it reads. Now, I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories as well. And is this retaliation for FTX closing? Is it because this is they're not getting their piece of the pie? They're not getting paid. They weren't able to inside a trade. They weren't able to influence the market. Mm-hmm. Probably right. Um, are they going to put that on paper? No. But it's not the first time we've seen the SEC come after people for doing things that they weren't aware of. I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on the game to stop um, oh, yeah. kind of shorting tobacco, right? Oh, yeah. That's a whole and, rabbit hole on its own. Yeah, yeah and, and, and that guy that did that and made $42 million over the course of four months, I think it was. I mean, he had to go and stand in front of Congress because the SEC kind of told him to and, and wanted him to do him for insider trading and, and, and whatnot because it ultimately stems to, to jealousy. I mean, that was just one man mm-hmm. they were targeting. But I, I like to think this comes from a good place of, of compliance. Yeah, I hope so too. Because I, what I did was, you know, obviously I, I started with the memes and then I started getting into reality. <laughs> <laughs> the memes coming out of all this are pretty amazing. I, I sent you one into uh, our show notes little chat room. <laughs> but then what I did is I just went straight to the source. So I went to sec.gov and I looked at the pre- press release concerning this. And it's actually not that difficult to get into. I mean, the charges are basically unregistered exchange, broker and clearing industry, uh, agency, unregistered offer and sale of crypto assets, failure to restrict U.S. investors from accessing Binance.com and misleading investors. Pretty clear cut. And... As far as I know, I'm not 100% familiar with Binance and all the, you know, deep backroom dealings that go on. But I think it's pretty common knowledge that Binance does play dirty every now and then. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is that is that like a common understanding of what Binance does and CZ in general? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure, to be honest. It's It's not something that I've massively read into, but I'm so stuck in the... The reply guys and good mornings on on Twitter that I I don't think I I have any actual news that that gets through to me these days or, or <laughs> the last twelve months right um, so no not not something that I'm I'm familiar with but I mean it wouldn't surprise me right there's a lot of money to be made you don't start a business and destroy everyone else and get to where you are without doing something slightly untoward um, mm-hmm. you look at any business that's that's in existence and they've always messed somebody over somewhere in the line. I mean, you look at Facebook and stripping the shares of, of one of their co-founders to mm. um, kind of reduce his value to boost their, all this sort of, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, even Elon Musk is, is wealth is based off blood diamonds, right? Um, yeah. It's, it's got to start somewhere and, and, and go somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, is this right to have it accepted in crypto? We're like, hey, yeah, there's scammers. Watch out for NFTs. It's full of rug pulls. Like, why do we accept this? Mm-hmm. Why should that be part of the trading ecosystem? Like, and this is ultimately why the SEC was formed, right? I mean, what, back in mm-hmm. 1934, with Roosevelt and all of those guys, kind of bringing confidence back to Wall Street after it was crashing, and, and they wanted to restore the integrity of it, and all of those sorts of things. That's why it's here. And without a kind of a legislator and, and kind of organization like the SEC, then who knows how much worse the stock market would be 
Yeah, that's precisely yeah. right. And that's one thing that uh, I, I think a lot of people forget too, is the SEC, you know, everyone's kind of, uh, currently they're like the big boogeyman right now, like the, the big, yeah. the big bad guy that's trying to just kill crypto. And it's like, well, no, no, let's look back about a hundred years real quick when the stock market was completely crashing, complete wild west. And the SEC was made to restore investor confidence in investing again. And it slowly worked its way and it made everything, you know, good again, like safe again. And that's something that we could have in crypto, essentially. It's definitely my perspective, a space that is 100% the wild, wild west right now. And it needs some regulation to at least protect people in some circumstances, but not so much so that it's, you know, stifling innovation and getting in everyone's way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I think it would do quite the opposite of stifle innovation. The challenge we have in the NFT and crypto space at the moment is 99% of the things that are put out there is just garbage money grabs. Mm-hmm. And people know that. And people know that it's a pump and dump. But what they're betting is, is that they can get into the pump and that they're smart enough to, to get out and be part of the dump, right? And not be dumped yeah. on. Um, so what's happening is you get all of these good projects that are that are actually building. People go, well, that's too complicated. I don't want to understand a business, so therefore I'm just going to chase these pump and dump schemes and, and hope that I'm not the one that's going to lose out this, this time. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we have some kind of proper regulation and legislation around it, the kind of consequences for people's actions, I mean, take a look at Bloomsville. Hey, that could be a whole other yeah, we're discussing in itself. The Bloomsville guy doing mm, yeah. 20 plus rugs and thinking he could get away with it. And it was, it took the internet in the end to dox him, hopefully dox the right person. Yeah. To, right. to, to kind of get, get justice. And if there's legislation in place, i.e., a, a proper KYC process, so having to hand over your driver's license, passports to trade NFTs which exists on the Binance platform, you, you you do have to do that for, for kind of your level two trading, which is, I think is over like one Bitcoin's worth of transactions withdrawals. Mm-hmm. But if that existed in the NFT space, at least, then then I think we would lose a lot of these these rug pulls. People would be a lot more careful about what they're releasing and, and follow through with their actions. And then these good projects would get the investment that they want. People wouldn't be trading so maliciously and, 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 and kind of, that typical, you see something list for one soul, and, and then ten seconds later, it's listed for zero point nine eight soul. You know, like you just mm-hmm. wouldn't see that as much. Yeah, but yeah, I, it's very I, true. I, I think for me, like just looking at the just kind of the alleged complaints from from the SEC is is the top one here is Binance should have registered as an exchange broker dealer and clearing agency. Why didn't they do that? I mean, it seems like a, a super basic thing. Like, if this was a gambling website, like your national lottery, they mm-hmm. would be registered as a gambling website, quite rightly so. The SEC would come down on them if they were found to be doing lotteries, gambling, without a license, and they were registered mm-hmm. as a retail store. This is no different, and that's that's kind of... Well, like you shouldn't be forgiven for that unless I'm missing something there. Like, yeah, no, well, for, no, me, it, for me, it begs the question of like, are cryptocurrencies actually securities? That's that's kind of the thing that's driving me crazy right now. It's like it's kind of a thing all on its own, but we're trying to put it in this box as if it's a stock. I think that's kind of where I'm getting tripped up right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's it. 
it is a tough one because like anything it's only the value of what somebody else will buy it from you from right Mm -hmm. i mean let's make a ridiculous example and maybe somebody in in chat or whatever will, will correct me but if i could trade chickens at a pace in which i could trade crypto would that mean chickens suddenly become a security and need regulating yeah, exactly. Because and, like they're still worth something, and you can still have loads of chickens. And I can say, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and um, it's like if I'm using Solana and Bitcoin to buy a taco, it's like, well, I'm not buying the taco with a Tesla stock, but I am doing it with a Bitcoin or Solana. So is Solana and Bitcoin the same class as a Tesla share or like a Google share? Like, I don't, I don't think so. But, but, but let me give you this. If you had a DEX for shares that immediately at a single click of a button went, okay, I'm going to trade your Tesla share for a Microsoft share, and then you can, within a few seconds, if you want, just immediately convert that to USDC. Mm-hmm. What difference is that, right? Like, yeah. Then you then you have a cryptocurrency. It's, it's only true. because these things are, is, are behind, they're like, Hargreaves Langstand, you've got to sit there, wait for it to clear, you've got to speak to a broker to say, hey, please buy this for me. Okay, I've done that now, I'm charging you some money for doing that thing. Yeah. It's just, in my, like, hey, that would be cool, right, if we could, if we could have a, a DeFi DEX for, for share trading or, or right. whatever. That'd be nice. So I, I don't have to wait, you know, so long to sell a share, and then I have to wait for it to clear, and then I have to wait three days for it to show up to my bank account. I'm like, like I sold some Tesla shares, you know, last week, and I'm still waiting for it to pop up in my bank account. But with crypto, it's just like boom, 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 <laughs> yeah, twenty four seven. But uh, I mean, ultimately, again, I think it's pretty black and white in the United States. A security is a tradable financial asset of any kind. Mm-hmm. Now, is crypto tradable? Yes. Does it hold worth? So, therefore, a financial asset? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it of any kind? Yes then it should be classed as a security. Therefore, yeah. it should be taxed, and therefore, it should be regulated. But it's also it's also a currency in its own way. I mean, I guess maybe it's like a little behind the curve, but I mean, the de- the time is coming where people are accepting crypto as a form of, you know, as a form of exchange and using that as a, as a medium of exchange. But a Tesla stock and a share isn't a medium of exchange, at least not yet. Mm. So I think that's where I'm just... At least my yeah, simple-minded but, brain is getting hung up on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know security or whatever. Like again, and you'll notice the running theme through my my tone is that it needs regulation. Yes, it, it needs rules. Something um, it needs calming down. Mm-hmm. You know, now whether or not that means proper KYC processes, whether or not that means you need a crypto regulator like i don't know call it csec for like a crypto set that sounds mm-hmm. cool to just focuses down on these we know these scammers and, and bits and pieces maybe you need a license to create a new chain or or, or something because ultimately as well the, these things when they get regulated they're coded better you could then have actual cybersecurity protocols wrapped around them and instilled on them to make sure that the insider trading is limited. You can't have people injecting code onto contracts to steal your money or, or spoof something like mm-hmm. how could it, how are any of these things bad? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a 
probably a, a conversation topic for its own podcast as well. But uh, it does it does orient me directly to something that was interesting. So as an update on where the case is at, the person, the judge who's in charge of this case right now, uh, U.S. District Judge Amy Berman Jackson, uh, she basically referred the two organizations to a magistrate judge uh, to work towards making a compromise. And the way she worded it uh, yesterday was pretty interesting. So she said that shutting it down completely would create significant consequences, not only for the company, but for the digital asset markets in general. So when it comes to this question of is cryptocurrency a, a security, a commodity, or a currency, she just skips it all together and just says, the digital asset markets in general, which I I kind of respect that kind of wordplay that she had personally. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, you do have to respect that. But also, I think you have to respect the fact she hasn't just closed doors. Like mm-hmm. there's that recognition that crypto is so ingrained in a lot of what people do. There's a lot, a lot of money kind of in this market. If you turned it off overnight, and yeah, like you would almost see a, 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 the internet's equivalent of Black Black Friday when the stock market crashed. Yeah, it, like exactly. it would be, be panic stations all over. A lot of people would lose a lot of money mm-hmm. because if finance closed, you'd only sell it somewhere else very quickly. Yeah, you're essentially causing an artificial bank run. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. It would again to refer to the GameStop stuff when Robin Hood cease trading for those certain like, things it caused chaos mm-hmm. like, right and, and and that sort of thing so i think it's a good step and mediation is is absolutely the right thing mm-hmm. i think binance should assuming there's not something else that we don't understand around just this initial comment alone of registering is the correct business type mm-hmm. um like coming coming part of the way and said okay yeah we, we can do that I saw something else. So they're, they're alleging that there's money being passed through a couple of their organizations that Mel Peacock or something like that. Even whilst this case is going on, you can still track the F transactions that are still going on, topping up the Binance wallets mm-hmm. from yeah. this, this wallet address that they've said, stop doing this. Um, yeah. So stop, stop doing it, guys. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that was another uh, rabbit hole I went to as I, I was throwing, rolling around Twitter for a bit. And I hate Twitter, but I did anyways just for this. <laughs> and uh, there are some technical analysis people making some interesting points about the action of finance itself, like the, the token. And they're calling out, you know, wash trading and the, the address itself that the SEC pointed out was very prevalent in a lot of these uh, transactions. So... I'm not entirely sure, you know, who to believe. I'm not much of a TA expert or, you know, blockchain forensics person. But yeah, yeah it's 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 it could be something there. It are oh, they're, they're absolutely good, right? I mean, we've seen it time and time again that people are manipulating things. Uh, I mean, I, I can't even remember the token that it happened to now, but the USDT tether crash. Um, because people were doing things that they shouldn't, overloading tokens that didn't exist, and and all of that sort of thing, like you just crash the whole market. Insider trading does just the same sort of thing if it's done at a big enough scale. Having said all that, there could be a real technical reason why we're seeing a particular wallet address constantly appear. Maybe it's a Citadel wallet address. 
for all we know. Maybe there's an NDA in Binance that says they're not allowed to declare what that is, and it's actually one of these big big hedge funds and brokers moving millions and millions and millions of pounds around. Yeah, um, good point. <laughs> right, maybe it's somebody else's money laundering, you know? And, yeah. and who knows? It could be a, like, a multiple people yeah. um, using, using a wallet address just doing big enough trades. Equally, it could be a Binance wallet moving money around for, for whatever reason. Now, yeah. If it is purely purely only happening on on the Binance coin, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it does, doesn't look great if it's only no. buy orders to the tunes of millions. Yeah, it also wouldn't be the yeah also wouldn't be the first time that uh, some uh, government agents are playing dirty and uh, planting evidence <laughs> or, or yeah, not planting evidence, but just making things look bad and t- taking over the narrative, so it doesn't even matter who's right. Yeah, I mean, you do you do the Donald Trump approach, right? If you say so many truths and mix it with so many lies, then there's too much stuff to look into that it all gets forgotten. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and then uh, yeah. it brings me to this idea. It's one of my favorite terms, but uh, you know, don't be a useful idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I forget where I got that from, but it's been a phrase that's stayed with me. Is like before you get all riled up and uh, start coming out with the pitchforks. You know, be careful, like, check if you're being a useful idiot or not. Yeah. <laughs> and who who are you being a useful idiot for? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I, I think one thing that doesn't go in Binance's favor, though, and I don't know how the SEC got hold of this information, and perhaps it was kind of, I don't know, they got hold of computers and servers. So I don't know if you saw it, but apparently one of the Binance chief compliance officers messaged a colleague saying, we are operating as an effing unlicensed security exchange in the USA, bro. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> and that's literally on the press release from the SEC. <laughs> yeah, it's like signed, sealed, and delivered, and guilty. And like, yeah, okay. Like, imagine if somebody else just straight up said that, like JP Morgan, like, lol, we're committing inside a training, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, right now you're being looked into. We, we, we definitely think you're doing something you shouldn't. Why would you say that otherwise? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like we're charging you uh, as a company that's operating as an unlicensed security exchange in the USA. And they're like, no, we're not. Like, well, here's a statement from your chief compliance officer saying we're operating as a feffing unlicensed securities <laughs> exchange in the USA, bro. <laughs> How do you respond? <laughs> it, it was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, joke, bro. It was a joke. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, as far as I've seen that, it's just kind of like, well, that seems pretty clear cut, black and white, you know, <laughs> game yeah. set match. But this is the thing. I mean, from from what I've read so far, and I mean, Binance have, have only released a little bit of information them, themselves, and what that was just spelling corrections and stuff on the on the uh, consent order by by the looks of it. I don't think much else has been said. So it, it's obviously going to be a one-sided statement right now. It's yeah. only going to ever be pictured in in the way that makes them makes the SEC look right. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Yeah. CZ might come back out and be like, "Hey, no, all of these are all the reasons you're wrong. This is why I'm not associated with these other companies." And no, Binance US data is only staying in in the Binance.us kind of stuff. It doesn't go across the other one and it's the technical know-how and, and bits and pieces, but who who, who knows? Um, yeah. But, but one of the things I did, did read, and maybe this is just a nerd coming out inside of me, is that the SEC filing is calling for all restrictions 
to cover staking services, AWS root data, so the Amazon Web Services root data, logins, devices, private keys, like everything. Yeah. They want everything. Everything. <laughs> um, employees have to destroy data, not allowed to talk about anything. Verbal contracts, written contracts, all destroyed and everything's void. And it's just like, holy smokes, man. Yeah. <laughs> like full seizure of, of everything. Yeah. Like when the SEC wants to go hard, they're going to go hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if they have to actually do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be pretty messed up in my eyes if they started destroying data and all of that sort of thing. And then the SEC were like, oh, actually, sorry, guys, we were wrong. Yeah. Well, the good news is all that is, as far as I'm understanding it, currently on pause after the judge told them to basically, all right, you guys figure this out real quick. It seems like I don't see any issues. It seems like you guys aren't really, you know, that different. It seems like a simple, just register, man, and you're good. And then I guess we'll see how that uh, mediation turns out because then this could blow up really fast. But for now, it seems like it's in a nice little staple spot. Yeah, it, it does seem to, to, to settled. Now, here's a conspiracy thought. Should we bring the tinfoil hats out now? <laughs> so we've been in the bear run for a little while, and everyone's hoping for this, this ball run. Could this be the ultimate bear creator? So they're deliberately doing this. You absolutely trash the market to shake people out. Mm-hmm. And this will last 12 months. And then they'll all come down to a really happy, shiny resolution. And then suddenly you're going to see the biggest bull run ever. Yes. Because there'll be some really nice legislation that comes in. Everything will be as clear as day for consumer investors, to hedge fund investors, buyers mm-hmm. back in the, the good position. Meanwhile, another exchange has had time in the, last, in the next 12 months to build uh-huh. something that also meets legislation but looks new and shiny. And we're going to see Bitcoin go to $100,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, you hit it exactly on the head. This is what's been driving me crazy. Do you want to hear my my tinfoil hat? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's 100% what's happening. Because my question is, why now? Why are you going after this? Why are you going after Gemini? Right after FTX got taken down, and now you're going after Coinbase. And all you're basically doing is this flimsy, unregistered securities while you still can. But here's the thing. Last year, this time last year, uh, there was a bill that was pushed in the U.S. government somewhere. I forget who. It's like Christian Gillibrand or something like that, pushing for making cryptocurrencies a commodity. And so like, oh, that's interesting. All cryptocurrencies should be treated as commodities. And now we enter the history of the players, Gary Gensler. (laughs) Do you know much about Gary Gensler? Uh, apart from a few memes, but no, do detail. All right, I'll do a quick, quick little summary here. You can just look at his Wikipedia page, and that's pretty much where most of my research was. But it's a pretty <laughs> crazy picture. Like this guy was just dreamed up in some like writer's workshop. Anyways, so he starts off as you know a relatively poor Jewish boy with a dad who sold pinball machines and cigarettes to bars, and this kid ends up going to Ivy League school, joins Goldman Sachs becomes a partner, the one of the youngest partners in Goldman Sachs history at age 30. And he got heavy into mergers and acquisitions during the 80s and 90s and whatnot. And then you get into the 2000s 
and he works for the Obama administration for pretty much the entire time. He is part of the Hillary Clinton campaign and was like the CFO for her campaign. And then he worked for the Biden administration and he still is. Now he's appointed SEC. And in the meantime, he's doing a lot of wheel and dealing on his own side and he's getting friendly with SBF and FTX and he teaches blockchain at MIT. So this man (laughs) is either your greatest ally or your worst enemy. This guy's a super genius, even though he gets painted a picture as being an idiot. So he's he's playing both sides of the wall. Yes, which is which is pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean it, was, it didn't didn't happen. We get attention here. It didn't happen in like the the French War as well, where the Rothmans funded arms to both sides of the war, and then when they decided they'd had enough, they stopped funding one of them just so they could buy all the stock market up and end the war. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Just modern, modern version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. Well, here's the thing with it is, um, I mean, I didn't, I'm sure there might be some secret dealings with Republicans, but as far as I was reading, he was all pro-Democrat and a lot of what the Wikipedia page, the picture that it paints is he was very much pro-investor. Um, so with the with the 2008-2009 financial crisis, I think a lot of uh, fingers point to Gary Gensler being one of the main people who drafted the Dodd-Frank Act and doing a lot of stuff to, you know, do the consumer financial protection, cleaning up the space, getting transparency, closing a bunch of loopholes, making a lot of good regulation. Um, so in one hand, you can paint him as like a the good guy picture. And on the other hand, you can see him as just like, I don't know, some kind of useful goonie who knows numbers well and does a lot of the fancy finance stuff for everybody for their own bidding or his own. I don't know. I don't know this guy at all. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. Maybe maybe it's like letting the wolf into the sheep's pen. That's why he's getting friendly with FTX and all of those guys to understand it all to then yeah. whack down this hammer. And if you're a dude who made your fortune doing mergers and acquisitions, and now you have the government hammer as a tool, I mean, come on. It doesn't take too much of a genius to be like, you know, the world is your playground. (laughs) I'm calling it now a government on crypto exchange. Yes. That's what I'm thinking this is all headed to. CBDC, controlled by Gary Gensler. And once once uh, this once he gets bored of being chairman of the SEC, he's going to be running a government version of the I don't know maybe a crypto branch of the Fed, running his well, own. They were, talking, they, were, they were talking about doing a crypto dollar, right? Mm-hmm. It's all lining up. It's 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 making sense. They're going to release a crypto dollar on the U.S. owned exchange, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be a British crypto pound. Which they've been mm-hmm. talking about, yes. and suddenly we're and they just recreating every country's economy, <laughs> yeah, on crypto. Yeah, and they didn't uh, just come out like last week or two weeks ago, like this uh, trade deal between the U.S. and the U.K. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I, I haven't looked too much into it. Yeah, I haven't looked into it either. But yeah, and then now we got legislation saying, "Hey, we're thinking about treating crypto as a commodity rather than a security." So. Use that security hammer now because it's going to go away soon. <laughs> yeah, we're going to seize all of these assets, which they've done before mm-hmm. when Bitcoin first came around and they were saying, oh, it's illegal, you're not allowed to have it. And then they resold 
all of the Bitcoin to the public after mm-hmm. they seize, like that yeah. was in the court cases, you can you yeah. can see it. Talk about so a that's possible what they're doing. Yeah, they're seizing it all now under the false pretense of securities, and then mm-hmm. they'll sell it all as a commodity. Yeah, and not not so different from the uh, CIA and D, DEA saying, "Oh, look at all these hundred kilos of cocaine that we found during this raid." Yeah, this ninety <laughs> kilogram haul <laughs> was very uh, was the biggest one in history. <laughs> Wait, what happened to the other ten? Oh, uh, oh, we, yeah, we, uh, one for the one for the Christmas party and nine yeah, for the... <laughs> rounding error. Our bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, this could go. Oh. How are you, you, could, you, could, you could absolutely go either way. Like, I, I think yeah. and, until... Or it could be a more, simple compliance issue, right? Or it could just be, yeah, sign up as this, register each of your companies under the correct organization type, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll leave you alone and we're yeah. going to tax you a little bit more because you've now actually registered. Yeah, exactly. Now we get a bigger piece of the pie. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the land of the free. <laughs> yeah, and because we stipulated you had to give us root access to all of your AWS servers, we've actually put in a backdoor that you don't know about, mm-hmm. and we're going to watch everything. Yep, and every single one of your customers, every single transaction, we're going to connect them to a social security number, so we know every person's crypto addresses everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And open, open AI has just, uh, mm-hmm. just told them where you live Yeah, matched it all up. And then we send you some send some drones there to take care of the problem. <laughs> I can see that this is so easy to go into conspiracy theory, you know, deep state tinfoil hat rabbit holes. That's going to be done. It's just, it's just you. It it's just, just me. You. It's just me. Oh, I don't know, man. The dots connecting here are just getting stupid. I, I need to. I mean, I'm seeing it. I am seeing it. I'm doing. Hey, I'd put a bet on it. Five US dollars that within the next 24 months that there will be a government-run crypto exchange. Yep. I think that's where this is headed. Maybe it's not so tinfoil hatty. Maybe it's just practical. Yeah. (laughs) If you can't (laughs) beat them, join them. Exactly. And they're trying to cut cut off all the heads of all these snakes, but they keep popping up out of nowhere. Yeah. The thing is, if the, if the U.S. government doesn't doesn't take hold of it, then the Chinese will. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't even get into the idea of de-dollarization, which is probably making Gary Gensler like shit his pants a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's already it's happening. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like people can buy stuff for things that aren't dollars. Yeah. In from America, like mm-hmm. uh, moving around into countries and skipping exchange rates and all of those sorts of things. Yeah, it's, it's slowly chipping away and breaking the Yeah. It's like I don't need to spend a wiring fee and wait for a bank to approve me to send my own money to someone in another country. And once I get to the point where I'm paying my rent in crypto, I mean what 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 role does a dollar have to play anymore? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah maybe absolutely. some strip clubs and uh you know, I don't know. <laughs> Think twenty to get a sandwich every now and then from yeah. a mom and pop shop. Be a lap dance worth like one soul right now. Yeah, one soul. I, I, I guess it depends Actually, on where you. That's like fourteen dollars, isn't it? That's a pretty shitty. Yeah. I, I haven't been to those kinds of places in the UK, but man, I guess times are hard after Brexit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Are we like trying to be a family-friendly podcast, or uh... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we can blur that line slightly? I think. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Man, well, it's I been... think on on that tangent, we should probably yeah. before we get ourselves in trouble, close this one down. Yeah, I'll say we're at thirty-six minutes. Blew by super fast, and. Definitely a lot, even more to think about than what I had going into this, <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. There has been good. I've I've, in, I've enjoyed it, and I think as things progress, we can. Um, I'm sure we can we can find some more more facts to talk about. Yeah, and more conspiracies to dream about. Yeah, we'll see how it all goes, and uh, yeah, if we end up having a government crypto exchange, I mean, hey, you It'll heard it from $5. Omega first. <laughs> yeah, everyone on the internet. Everyone on the internet owes me five dollars. Everyone who had listened to this owes Omega five dollars. If this happens, do you have yeah. a, a predictive year for this? Uh, two years from now, so uh, okay, fourteenth of June, twenty twenty-five. Okay, uh, I would have given you a bigger range, but all right, if that's what you want, <laughs> that's what I'm having. And if it's uh, the on the hour as well, exactly at this point. <laughs> this hour. If they announce it, you know, an hour after the deadline, no one yeah. sends them money. No one sends right. money. Well, anyways, uh, yeah. So we'll close out. Uh, any uh, idea of what uh, you want to be talking about next week? Uh, I'm hoping we're going to have one of a special guest with us, maybe oh. uh, on on next on the next episode. Maybe we'll okay. throw that out as a bonus one. Yeah. Any um, any leaks of who that might be, or we're going to keep that a secret for now? We'll keep that a little secret. I want to figure out the order. We've got two people. One's a, a well-known NFT collection. One's an up-and-coming NFT collection that's doing some cool stuff around loans. Um, and any other guy I've been talking to is is big in gambling and sport betting. All right. So yes. A few interesting ones. So we got a little mystery box of guests already in the works, and we're only on episode two. <laughs> uh, hey, I don't... Don't mess about. They don't want to listen to us all the time. Maybe they do. I don't yeah, know. maybe they do. Perhaps the next episode could be meme related. Yeah, light things up. Describe crypto memes. Yeah, we'll go from hardcore legal litigation stuff and tinfoil hat conspiracies to uh, Pepe frogs and <laughs> <laughs> and memes. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd be all cool. right. Well, it's been good chatting right, with well, you, man. Omega. Yeah, man. You can play that jingle. Oh, let's play the and jingle. I'll say goodbye. All right. Thank you for listening to the Two Strangers, One NFT Podcast. I've been your co-host, Case Rito. And I've been Omega. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.